This is God's servant, Philip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Praise God. So good to be together once again. What a, what a privilege. What a... What a blessing to be able to open the Word of God and study together to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us. Amen. And um, uh, like you were being ministered to through the prayer, let, let us, let us um, draw near to the flame of, of the Spirit of God. Let us draw near to the, the fire of the precious Word. The precious Word. It, there, it, it, uh, the Word is like fire. One of the uh, figurative... Um, uh, descriptions of God's word is it's like fire and um, let us experience what that fire can do this evening praise the Lord praise God let's let's read this passage uh, Matthew chapter 5 verses 1 to 12 let's read it together uh, it says when Jesus saw the crowds he went up on the mountain and after he sat down his disciples came to him he opened his mouth and began to teach them saying Blessed are the poor in spirits. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the gentle. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom. Amen. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Praise the Lord. Isn't it wonderful to read that scripture once again to declare uh, these foundations of the church praise God if you were uh, to consider today I, I wanted us to spend a little time to consider the disciples you know we read the first section says when Jesus saw the crowds he went up on the mountain and after he sat down his disciples came to him now Jesus already shaken uh, he has uh, shook up the entire region It's a, it's a, if I were to borrow, um, uh, it's like a storm has been brewing since John the Baptist started to preach in the wilderness. See, uh, many a times we are, we are not aware or we, we, we need to take some time and consider what, what um, the, the disciples and the crowds, uh, where they were at. A storm has been brewing. 400 years, there's been a, a um, there is this, uh, you know, general silence uh, there has been no prophetic voice that is um, that is spoken out during that 400 period, 400 years, and uh, there's all sorts of things going on in Israel. Yeah, so let's take a moment just to consider uh, where these disciples are, where these crowds are, and um, lo and behold, this mysterious man appears in the wilderness. His name is John the Baptist, and he speaks with such boldness and authority. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. 
Uh, it's an electric declaration. Israel has been oppressed under the Roman rule. The, um, how can I, how can I uh, sort of make you feel it as Indians? If I want to make you feel it, I could borrow one of, the, um, one of our neighbors, the ones that we, yeah, you can think of one of them that caused you to have those feelings. So I hope you've done that exercise in your mind. I'm not going to take their names, those nations. And um, uh, so imagine as Indians being under those particular nations, they're um, uh, an iron fist. It was not merely just um, uh, an occupation. Rome also ruled with an iron fist. They wanted, uh, you felt the pinch. If you complain about taxes today... I think sometimes you need to yeah, dig into history and you'll be like, oh man, this uh, it's not that bad, is it? No, we're not in that bad of a condition. Every, every citizen, every person, every farmer, every individual in Israel felt the pinch of this foreign nation that was over them. Today you heard about when we approach the word of God, we need to uh, lay aside pride and um, all sorts of... Um, what you call conception, uh, concepts in your mind and ego. And so let us consider for a moment where they're at. They're, they're, um, you know, there's a nationalistic um, fervor that's going on in Israel. Uh, the groups called zealots. You guys are aware of the groups like zealots who are, um, you know, sharpening their swords to um, take on the Roman Empire. They're the Sadducees and the Pharisees and a whole lot of um, ideas and rabbis. Huh? Hellenistic Jews. There's um, rabbis teaching all sorts of things. It is a, a complicated culture. It is a confused culture that is around Israel. That's where these disciples are. That's where these crowds and disciples that are following Christ in this passage that we're reading, they're in that place. Already they're excited by the look and feel of John the Baptist. Yeah, he's, uh, he's got a certain revolutionary feel about John the Baptist. You know that. <laughs> That's why many of them that went to the wilderness and, um, you know, that sort of revolutionary effect was was uh, within many of them and uh, after that comes Christ Jesus appears on the scene and uh, miracles the, the regions are being affected entire regions of Israel neighboring countries are being affected by Christ <clears throat> that is the context of the Sermon on the Mount that is the context of what we're reading and uh, the disciples are on this, uh, I don't know if, what, what I should use, adrenaline rush or, um, you know, maybe, you know, they're, uh, you know, you, you can almost imagine uh, Peter is probably sharpening that sword of his every day. He wants to make sure it's perfectly sharp. You, you, you get what I'm trying to say. And much like those disciples, every time you open the word of God, be prepared 
for God to direct you, to correct you. To direct you, to correct you. Be careful of the things that um, can interrupt the study of God's word. Can interrupt or try to sideline what God is trying to teach you. Be careful of such things. And the disciples felt it firsthand. So just imagine that for a moment. If you could place yourself. You know, sometimes I wish probably I could, uh, you know, maybe a skit would have been more effective. I'm not sure. But um, a, a skit has a way of, um, yes, getting us there. So I'm, I'm trying to paint the picture of a skit before you. A picture of what's going on, what's happening in their minds. Even as Jesus went up the mountain, you wonder what's going through the disciples' minds. Okay, now, um, you know, that's General Peter and this is uh, Lieutenant Because the context is such a, many times we're not, we don't think chapter 4 and the ending is it's a political upheaval. And that happens several times. We read another passage of scripture where these multitudes want to make Jesus king. See, that's the drive. They wanted to political power. They're ready for the insurrection. You know, are you there? Can you imagine? You're talking about when you're reading in this passage, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain and he sat down. The insurrectionists came to him. And then he opened his mouth and began to teach them. The weapons of this warfare. The perspective of heaven and the kingdom of God. So I want you to know that shock is something Christ um, is a signature of the Holy Spirit. Yes, his ways are not our ways. Yes, our ways are not his ways. Christ opened his mouth and you expect them to hear... Take up your swords. Take the plowshares and make them into swords. He opened his mouth and began to teach them saying, these are his first lines to his disciples. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Praise God. This is the first line. Blessed are the poor in. I mean, was it a ton of bricks? I, I know one of the things you want to, when you become like Christ, one of the things you want is to see expressions on their faces. You wonder what the expressions of, of those disciples were the first thing to come out of his mouth. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the, you know, you think maybe before that, you know, Peter's cloak was revealing the sword. After that, it's like, maybe. (laughs) 
Blessed are the gentle. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. You can even say blessed are the Jews. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. My. My, every time you draw near, allow the Holy Spirit to convict you. And I was amazed at the, at, at, uh, the prayer that was offered. You know, let the, let, let the Lord change you. Praise God. We need to change. Praise God. We need to change on a daily basis. Um, I look at this passage and when Jesus is speaking these things, in my imagination... I see pillars fall from heaven. Yeah, for a moment, think about these, these every single, uh, I wonder if Christ held, uh, he, he made uh, a declaration and whether he waited a while before he said the next one. In the spiritual realm, uh, from heaven, there are these foundations that came down for the church. Praise the Lord. These foundations, these pillars came down. Glory to God. These pillars came down. The world was never the same. Hallelujah. It's incredible. Uh, thank you, Jesus. We've considered each of these beatitudes. We, we, we uh, came up to verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Praise God. You are children. You are children of our Heavenly Father. Just the other day as well, we were speaking about the firstborn. We were speaking with somebody and uh, we were speaking about the firstborn. <laughs> yeah. That's our relationship with God. Praise the, praise the name of Jesus. We have a very strong relationship with this God. This God desires a very strong relationship with you praise the lord he is our heavenly father if we are sons he is our heavenly father you know I, I, there was something that the spirit put in my heart now just share that and, and move on uh, let your heavenly father be the 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 um, foundation on which your character and behavior grows you can say amen you know, I was uh, speaking to somebody about uh, the, the way the Lord dealt with me and my testimony. And, and uh, one of the things that happened uh, for me was I, I, my younger days I spent in Kuwait. And, the, and um, that was about 10 to 12 years of my, you know, when I'm very young. And that those 12 years, uh, oh, 12, is when you, you build your uh, relationship with your parents. You know, I, I want to remind you that uh, if you get a child, you're, 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 when you have a child, those first five years are extremely important. They're, 
there was a there was a quote that was shared much in church uh, was that give me uh, yeah the boy at five years seven year five or seven year old give me the seven year old I'll show you the the man that's uh, those years are very formative very important and I remember I had I developed a very strong relationship with my father many times uh, uh, with Danny I I see myself. Uh, though I cannot remember specifics, I, I realized, man, that's, uh, yeah, that's the kind of uh, intense relationship I had with my dad for those first 10 to 12 years, very intense. And um, it's like an intense connection. Uh, I was telling this person that, uh, that that person just overnight changed into this totally different the very antithesis of what I had seen for nearly 11 to 12 years. Uh, that was terribly shocking. And a um, lot of our earthly, what do you call it, role models or our, our parents or um, such things, there, there are these shocks that can really affect our character and behavior. But the Lord wants us to yeah, uproot and be rooted in your heavenly father. You have to be able to move beyond your earthly address to your heavenly address. Now I tell people that uh, the first person to take care of you is not your mother. The first person to take care of you, yes, and to have seen you, is your heavenly father. Because the scripture says, you saw my, even, uh, yeah, yes, you, you saw my frame, you saw my unformed substance. I mean, all our ultrasound and all this stuff, the moment of conception, only God sees. Only God sees, and that's how it's going to be, because that's scripture. Only God sees. And um, he was there. It says he. You should just learn knitting just to understand that, that it is a very uh, uh, intimate process. If you're not in the knitting, it's going to do something else. It says he, you knitted. You know, you put me together. Amen. I, I tell uh, something that from the scripture, ownership, yes, from the scripture. Before any human being touched you, God touched you. Sometimes that touch can be a bad touch when it comes from a human being. But that good touch, you all receive that good touch. That's the first touch you got, the goodness of God. That's why it says, we shall be called sons of God. We are His. It's a very intimate relationship. Praise the Lord. It's a very intimate relationship. Dami, the one you speak to the most the one you have the most conversation with is your heavenly father. Your most intimate relationship is not with your drums, it's with the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's not with anything else. It's not with anybody else. The most intimate, the person you talk the most to, <laughs> the one you speak the most to, because you are his firstborn. He desires you, yes, and He loves you with an everlasting love. Praise the Lord. 
So take your roots out of everything else, your culture, your, your um, uh, education, your um, uh, locality, huh? your upbringing. Take your roots out of all of those things. Yes, there are certain, there are things that are good that you can retain, yes. But take your root out. Now, when you have come face to face with Christ and you've experienced that transformation, let me, let me tell you, your roots need to be taken out of all of these things. And they need to be transferred to your heavenly father. Praise God. They're transferred to you. Uh, a, a, a Christian, if you look at this passage, uh, it is like uh, the Lord is uh, desirous for every one of his disciples to be, uh, to be firmly established. Firmly established. They shall receive mercy. They shall see God. They shall, um, they will, theirs is the kingdom of God. Uh, they shall be comforted. Um, they shall inherit the earth. If you look at that list, it is a list of, of um, um, benefits of sonship. Your father comforts you. Your parent comforts you. Your parent ensures your inheritance. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I hope that today you've experienced that comfort. Praise the Lord that you've experienced that comfort. The Spirit of God has comforted you because you are His child. You are His child. You are His, you belong to Him. You are the beloved of God. God, God loves you with an intense love. Your value is not the passion and love that some human being has for you. The, your value is the passion and love God has for you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Sons of God. Dear sons and daughters of God. Praise the Lord. I feel like repeating it for the rest of the service. Sons of God. Daughters of God. Children of God. Beloved of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed are the peacemakers, they shall be called sons of God. Today, let's enter into verse 10. It says, blessed are those who have been, who have been. <clears throat> what a paradox. Blessed and persecution. Blessed and persecution. If Jesus hadn't said it, I don't. I don't know if we would construct something like this. Blessed and persecution. In fact, the, I have titled the notes for this, this uh, beatitude as the blessed persecuted. I don't know if it is uh, <laughs> the blessed persecuted. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs... Say it loudly. For theirs. And uh, you will notice that see, it's bracketed like this. 
You know, many people like to close the Beatitudes here. Yeah, this one and the next verse, they like to combine it. And what's interesting is, uh, it starts with blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the... And then it, this comes again with this pronunciation. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of, for theirs is the... It's amazing. Persecution. Everybody say persecution. Say persecution. Say persecution. Praise the Lord. Say persecution. Say persecution. <laughs> this word is found in the Old Testament um, and uh, is, uh, is connected with what the prophets went through. In the New Testament, the word that is, that's used here, daiko, it means to pursue. Yeah, an intense pursuing. There are a few things that I, 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 we, as we go into an in-depth study of uh, what Jesus is speaking and teaching us, uh, there are a few things that I want to get out of the way, and, um, and then we shall... Um, Proceed as the Spirit of God teaches us. Um, primarily, the word communicates, the word that's used here, communicates a stubborn and confounding energy that's pursuing you. Okay, I'll repeat that so you can. A stubborn and confounding energy pursuing you. Yeah. That's the foundational meaning of the word that's used here, persecution. Uh, something in opposition that, is, that has a confounding, it's like, uh, doesn't make sense, and it's also got this sort of a perpetual energy, there's a, there's a sort of uncanny energy, a strange energy about it. Don't be surprised by the extent and organization of the opposition to the kingdom of God. That's what Christ is telling us using the word that he used, do not be surprised by the extent and organization of the opposition. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I, this is not to make you feel uh, down or to feel, uh, what's the word, discourage you. This is actually to encourage you. Don't let the ferocity of the opposition confuse you. Somebody say amen. Don't let the ferocity of the opposition confuse you. It's stubbornness. Don't let it confuse you. Don't, don't let it uh, discourage you. Don't be surprised by the extent and organization of the opposition. Every means that is available will be employed against you. Oh, what a Bible study you came for today evening. Dear Christian, dear disciple of Jesus, every means possible will be employed against you. And now, see, these things will begin to make sense to us only if we understand that this transformation that's happened to you is an entire transformation. There's a change in kingdoms. Otherwise, it's not going to make sense. And um, Friday Bible study is for disciples. I want to hear an amen. Okay? So we are, uh, uh, we are in the realm of disciples. Disciples are serious students of the scripture, serious students of the master. It's hard to make out the difference between the master and the student. That's a disciple. 
pursuers of righteousness. It's hard to make out the difference between the master and the student. That's the disciple. Let it sink in. I just need to do that so because what we're getting into will only make sense if you understand that. Yes. Every means will be employed against you. The persecutors, the persecutors find an uncanny unity among themselves. Presidents and, and uh, beggars on the street will join together. Those of you who have the history of the church or the book of Acts in your mind, you'll realize this is exactly what transpires. It's... Uh, They're united. The persecutors find an uncanny unity against Christ. And the problem is Christ. And that unity happens in that opposition if you use the name of Jesus. Praise God. The murderers of Stephen were filled with terrible and illogical rage. That's what scripture says. What did Stephen do? It is one of the most masterful expositions of the Old Testament. Frankly, what should have been the reaction by those that the Jews that surrounded him, the people that surrounded him and heard one of the greatest sermons that was ever preached? What should be the right uh, um, responses for them to be thoughtful? They should be, I mean, I remember a church that I was part of spent... Uh, Eight years, nine years on the sermon of Stephen. I don't think it's still over. It's paused for a moment. (laughs) What should have been the reaction? They, They should have been astounded by this man. How did he speak like this? But the scripture says they were all filled with rage. They reacted in rage. King Saul was possessed. King Saul, you all remember King Saul in the Old Testament? King Saul was possessed when attempting to kill David. The man who was, um, who needed treatment suddenly found strength. Romans and Jews were united in attacking the church. Romans and Jews were united in attacking the church. In attacking Christ. These are not things that we should, uh, we should find uh, discouraging or... Christ has already told us. When he said the word persecuted, or per, when your, the word persecute that he chose as the word of God, he contained all of this. So be free, be set free, be confident, do not be surprised by the opposition. Somebody say amen. You know there are times that you, you, you look at uh, on the left, there's BBC, in the center there's CNN, there's, there's Facebook, there's this, I'm just using one example. And you will find that there is a, there's a unity among all of them against Jesus. Concerning Paul before he, yeah, concerning Saul before he became, yeah, when he got saved, it says he ravaged the church. 
he was traveling to and fro um, you know moving around the entire region with illogical rage with with um, this uncanny energy jesus mentions that the kingdom of darkness is exceptionally organized it cannot stand <clears throat> the kingdom of darkness is exceptionally organized sometimes the way christians carry themselves you wonder are you aware of the fact that there is only one purpose yes and it the seed of that purpose is in uh, most everything that's operating in this world there is an order in the seeming chaos but against one name there is an order in the seeming chaos but against one name the name of jesus no it confounds me uh, i'm using this as as just just an example uh, that uh, hollywood yeah over the many years that uh, i don't know when the trend set in maybe 40 years back or maybe 45 years back i'm not sure but it was it's like every script writer ensured that the name of jesus is blasphemed whether they are and the 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 absolute um yeah you understand what's going on and you're able to because whether it's in the you know 200 of 1000 years in the future or whether it's in stone age they're all using this name as a cuss word you think about it so be free yes be free let jesus set you free in that the organization of the opposition does not surprise christ when he prepared you for this and what he is teaching you and speaking to you yes negates the power of the enemy praise the lord yes do not be surprised by the ferocity of the opposition i don't know if any of you are to be martyrs for the lord do not be surprised by the ferocity be like stephen who's able to look up to heaven and see christ standing at the right hand of, of glory amen praise the lord praise god praise god let it set you free in the very uh, initial teaching itself christ is conveying the fact that there is such a strong opposition um the disciples hearing this were of of no sub, it was clear to them that is a very strong opposition Another thing I want to uh, mention here is uh, this strange combination of words blessed and persecution. Everybody say blessed. Say persecution. So I'd like to uh, deal with this and move it out of the way. Uh this does not mean we are to seek persecution. This does not mean that we are to seek persecution uh to be blessed. it's called a martyr syndrome yeah uh, there was a time that in the church this was um, prevalent there are sections of the church that still struggle with it you will find individuals that struggle with this because um you know they um, they're looking to be martyred 
There was a time in, in uh, church history where this martyrdom had become such a, uh, yeah, such an ambition. <laughs> yeah, it was sought after. It was an ambition and uh, martyrs were quickly translated into saints. Okay, I won't go too much into it. Yes. But rather, when Jesus connects blessed and persecution, he is underlining the fact that divine favor, listen carefully, Christ is underlining the fact that divine favor is alignment with heaven's purpose on earth and not our own agendas. That is why he, he is teaching it in this manner. Divine favor. Blessed means divine favor. The favor that the poor in spirit receives and the persecuted receive is the same. Let me set you. Yes. So you know this and settle it once and for all. Yeah. The, the pronunciation of favor from heaven for the poor in spirit and the persecuted is the same. Can somebody say amen? Do you have the boldness to say amen? That when you sit in this place and you express or you're in that condition of being poor in spirit, you are as blessed as the one persecuted. I want to I wanna set you free from this. Yeah, sometimes we are on guilt trips. So uh, I, I need to just sort this out before we go further. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> praise God. That's why Christ says he's very specific. He's very specific. He says, blessed. What does he say? Blessed are those who have been persecuted. This is not a full stop. He's very specific. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of. And then he says again, verse 11. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you. And falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of. Again, very specific. Being persecuted is a result um, of a spirit-led life not recklessness adrenal rushes adrenaline rushes or by looking to insult and instigate others or by looking to insult and or instigate for I don't know for what reasons, yes, for pride, for popularity, now for Instagram's sake, I don't know, hmm? for clicks, for likes, for, I don't know. Praise the Lord, praise God, yes. The Bible is so balanced, it is so balanced that it defies explanation. It, it's not possible. How these so many authors are led by the Spirit and there's such a balance in Scripture. It's, it's tremendous. Even on the subject of persecution. Now let me tell you something. In every religion or in every um, political movement, I mean, our state is, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, you probably saw the red outside today. There was quite a bit of activism today. And... Um, um, you know, that whole thing for dying for a cause. Dying for a cause. The Bible, uh, you know, punctures all these balloons. 
it's not some propaganda it's not some uh, uh, yeah it's not this tivravadi uh, you know that's a, yeah that's a malayalam word yeah it's not that whole uh, fervor or zeal yeah or extremist uh, that's not what the bible is is speaking about it has a very balanced approach even on the subject of persecution it it places persecution being persecuted for righteousness in a glorious light praise the lord yes it does it puts it in a very glorious light in fact if you read the book of revelation oh the the mourns and the cries and the prayers and the tears are stored and right next to the throne of god but we are still asked to pray for relative tranquil lives it's incredible isn't it we are still asked to pray for relative tranquility and freedom to practice our faith we are to pray towards that uh let's see look first timothy chapter first timothy chapter 2 verses 1 to 4 let's look at that first timothy chapter 2 verses 1 to 4 Yeah, we are we are we are aware of those. But uh, do you notice how he starts this? Paul, by the Holy Spirit, starts verse one says, first of all, eh? In other words, of utmost importance. It is of great importance. It is something that you should desire and pray for with urgency. First of all, I urge. that entreaties and prayers and petitions and thanksgiving huh in other words at every worship session in your house worship in your corporate worship what's to happen entreaties prayers they're all plural today i don't know man we are not um, active with these scriptures you know we don't allow the the scripture to make us active in these things it says that our lifestyle is a lifestyle of entreaties and prayers and petitions and thanksgiving in other words not a single sunday service should go past you a sunday worship should not go past you that you do not give thanks thank you lord there is peace that i am able to uh, speak the gospel that lord there is wisdom among our chief ministers do you do that do you do, do you do that on a regular basis don't answer my question it's for you to examine yourself because here paul is saying first of all first of all i urge that entreaties prayers petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men for you all men everybody say all men Are you thanking God for Pindrai Vijayan? Do we even take His name in our in our prayer? I'm looking at each of you. Many of you are avoiding my my gaze. Pray for Him specifically. Pray for them specifically. 
Let entreaties and prayers and thanksgiving be made. <clears throat> On behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in authority, so that we, so that we, what do you say, so that we? Praise the Lord. So that we? Come on, join with me. Because you should hear this every time this guilt trip comes. Yeah, uh, you should hear this. Say, so that we? Let's say it again. So that we? So let's, let's do it the way in the order it's over. First of all, say, first of all, I urge you so that we can live our lives, may lead tranquil and quiet lives. Praise the Lord. You know, the, the, there's so many, uh, uh, yeah, we want tranquil and quiet lives. The rest of that scripture we don't want, but see, those issues are there. Yeah, but let's look at this. It's very specific. Tranquil and quiet lives in all and praise the Lord. Praise God. You know, sometimes people tell you, you know, don't, you know, you, you almost feel like the teaching is that, uh, the strong teaching of scripture is that we should have trouble. Yeah, we're coming to trouble. There are many types of trouble. This is speaking about conducting your life in tranquility. Okay. Yes. The, there, is, there are other forms of trouble which all of us experience. Every Christian will experience. I hope you get this. Yeah. Let's, we'll come to the full picture. <clears throat> May lead tranquil and... Oh, is it spiritual to be tranquil, to have a tranquil and quiet life? Yeah, it's in Psalm 23, if you forgot. <laughs> so uh, I want you to know, just be bold in declaring. Give me a strong yes. Yeah, when I ask you the question, is it spiritual to have a tranquil and quiet life? Let me complete the sentence because, yeah. Is it, <laughs> is it, is it spiritual to have a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity? I want to hear a resounding yes. That's not good enough. Huh? This is a resounding yes. I want to hear a real yes, convicted yes from you. Is it, is it spiritual to have a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity? Yes. So, see, the thing is, the Lord knows these issues. So, in verse 3, this, he says, in verse 3, look at that. Say, this is good. Everybody say, this is good. Praise the Lord. Say, this is good. See, all of us want it. Yes. We all want paradise. Because we were created for paradise. Glory. We all want paradise. We were created for it. Paradise is not um, Hilton's idea or some five-star restaurant's idea. Paradise is God's idea. Somebody say amen. So this is good. This is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the... Praise God. In Romans chapter 8 verse 18. Romans chapter 8 verse 18 says. Sorry, Romans chapter 12 verse 18 says. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all... With all...
First Timothy chapter 6. Let's read First Timothy chapter 6. Verses 17 to 18, 17 to 19. First Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 to 19. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, are you there? All of you are there? Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches. But on God. Everybody say on God. Everybody say on God. Who richly supplies us with all things. Let these scriptures be etched in your heart. Because as we go into these other scriptures, these scriptures should uh, connect together. And uh, what comes out of your mouth is, Lord, let thy will be done. Praise the Lord. That's what comes out of your mouth. You're, you're convicted and knowing the goodness of our God. It says, in, uh, it says but on God who richly supp- supplies all things to enjoy. Praise the Lord. To enjoy. Everybody say to enjoy. enjoy. Is it spiritual to enjoy? <laughs> Is it spiritual to enjoy? Yes. I can't hear all of you. Is it spiritual to enjoy? Yes. The devil lies to us. He confuses us with a lot of this stuff. Uh, Every good and perfect gift comes from our Father in heaven. Yes, the Father of lights with whom there is no shifting shadows. We serve a good God. Some of us feel guilty or are made to feel guilty for not suffering some extreme persecution. You know, there was a time that, uh, you know, Christians had uh, would be would be um, you know like nowadays Christians uh, they they compete with the prescriptions they are using yeah I take four four I take four I take four pills I, I take this medicine I take that medicine and nowadays one of the things that they compete is I take eight I take eight Pills and medicines. Uh, eh? <laughs> um, there was a time in the, in the church where uh, the competition was, I got beaten here. Okay, See, check this out, you know. Some of us feel guilty or are made to feel guilty for not suffering some extreme persecution. But scripture clearly indicates that we can live effective Christian lives without ever being martyred or suffering extreme things. I'm going to repeat that. <laughs> Scripture makes clear, indicates we can live effective Christian lives without ever being martyred or suffering extreme things. Jesus often avoided physical persecution. He hid himself. Eh? He escaped. But what would you think? You know, with all our, you know, ideas in our heads. Yeah, he slid out of there. It's like, eh? Jesus himself often avoided physical persecution until it was his time. Until it was his time. Until it was his time. Until it was God's will. Please keep this balance. Be led by the Holy Spirit through your unique journey in life. Don't compare. Don't compare. You know, John uh, would, would be around. John the Apostle will be around till Jesus comes back. 
Peter will be taken somewhere he doesn't want to go. None of your business. What is that to you? Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Yes. Please keep this balance. Be led by the Holy Spirit through your unique journey. Praise God. Turn to the person next to you. You have a unique journey. Jesus has a unique journey for you. Praise the Lord. Now, now turn to the person and say, I celebrate your unique journey. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. So this brings us to, uh, see, when Christ says, blessed are, are you when they, when they persecute you, um, this persecution is a universal thing for disciples. So what does he mean? It's not just physical persecution. Persecution is not just physical or verbal assault. It is also the anguish of living in this desperately corrupt world. Thank you, Jesus. You know, the stress and the, and the repercussions, the, the pain you suffered uh, due to a, an evil style of parenting or a, a uh, or the education educative system um, the um, uh, economic or social constructs around us that's also forms of persecution our battle against the flesh the Bible describes this is a daily experience of being led to death That's found in Romans chapter 8. But we will come to that. You know, the, I, I remember I was introduced to this character in the Bible uh, initially. Only one story I knew about him. And that is, you know, he was this uh, one who chose Sodom and Gomorrah. And you had this very, uh, yeah, huh? very negative uh, idea about this person. But you read Second Peter chapter 2 and verse Verses 7 to 8. Now, I do not have to explain to you what is the context of this. Uh, angels have moved. Heaven has moved. You know, Abraham has moved heaven, has shown us a depiction of the um, mediator that Christ is. All of this has transpired for this one man and his family. Say one man. So then you, you read the scripture and you realize, what is this man's quality? And if he rescued righteous, say righteous. righteous. Oh, he is in the center of unrighteousness. I wonder which. Now so many cities are qualifying for. Yeah. Wonder there were one or two cities. Now you, you, it's almost like a, every other city can qualify for uh, the same condition. If he rescued righteous, say righteous. Oh, praise the Lord. In other words, in the morning when you get up and you turn your attention to righteousness. Woo. Glory. When you get up in the morning, see this is why man shall not live. Man shall not survive. By bread alone, but by every word, the righteousness of God. Just turning to look at the righteous God. Just that you know that there is such a thing as righteousness. Oh, it is tremendous. 
Praise God. Praise the Lord. If you rescued righteous Lord, oh, hold righteousness close. Church, hold righteousness close. Ooh. Angels will move. Heaven and earth will move for one who considers righteousness. Your children will be affected for you hold righteousness dear to you. The angels are empowered, moving like lightning on your behalf. Somebody say amen. amen. Because you sat down, opened the word of God, or you, you, uh, you, uh, you walked and you spoke with the righteous one. That you, that you understand the power of the blood. But if he rescued righteous Lord. Everybody say righteous Lord. Righteous Lord. Say righteous Lord. righteous Lord. If you know the person next to you, tap them on the shoulder and say righteous. Put their name. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm looking at the people that... that Heaven will, will proclaim like this, righteous Ken. And righteous Michael. Isn't it amazing? It says, if he rescued righteous Lord, who was tormented. <clears throat> who was tormented. By the immoral conduct of unprincipled and ungodly men. I'm reading from the Amplified here. If you're, yeah, if there's any confusion. Yeah. For he rescued, if he rescued righteous Lord who was tormented. Everybody say tormented. It's a very strong word. Tormented. See, the thing is. We can pray for tranquility and um, uh, being able to live in dignity and, and not having to suffer physical, um, what do you call it, physical persecution. But within us, there is a torment happening. It should be happening. If you are righteous and you are holding righteousness dear to you, then you are a very tormented person. You carry a deep burden within you. Today, this is uh, this 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 um, uh, dynamic um, experience. I, I wonder how much it's happening in, in amongst us. I, it's really a concern. There's a deep burden and a torment because of the condition of those around you, condition of the world, um, and such. Things it says torment. So that is a persecution. According to heaven, Lot is persecuted. According to heaven, Lot is persecuted. Who was tormented by the immoral conduct of unprincipled and ungodly men. This is why for me, when Christians share that which is ungodly, unprincipled, where they, where they make a sort of, they... they, uh, they uh, they share it, they, they celebrate it, they wear the t-shirts. My battle with t-shirts, it's been going on for, I can't say, maybe decades, yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they wear that stuff, they, they, they um, share that propaganda with that which is 
unprincipled and ungodly. Those things should torment you. I remember the first time I saw this fashion brand called FCUK. None of you have heard of the fashion brand called FCUK. I was tormented by that, that whole... You know, I had a person come to camp. We had a person come for camp and he was wearing the t-shirt, you know, F-C-U-K. I mean, everybody's reading something else. And you know the fashion house has done it on purpose. These are things that trouble you. They're not things that you accommodate. Because of righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. Praise the Lord. There's a persecution that Lot underwent. For me, one after the other, right now, there are, you know, modern media is basically becoming non-existent. Modern entertainment for me, my children and my family is becoming non-existent because of the torment that is contained within them. I remember... My wife, uh, we <laughs> we were watching this. Um, we were watching these. Um, what do you call them? These uh, food shows, no? Uh, cake making competitions and yeah. So some uh, cookery shows and uh, competition and um, uh, bake off and uh, um, all that. Cake off and bake off and uh, they're running out of ideas. But um, uh, so initially, some maybe five years ago. Uh, you know, it's pretty straightforward. But then there's this, you know, around three years back, I guess, I'm just being, doing some estimates. Suddenly these, uh, yeah, this minority of minorities started to show up on all of them. And there was an underlining and a, and a, a celebration of a wicked lifestyle. The first time I saw it. And initially when they were doing it, they were not celebrating it in the beginning. They only celebrated the end of the series. I still remember it. It's very clear in my, in my mind. It is very clear in my wife's mind. It's very clear in my children's mind. When the final part of the series came and their lifestyle was celebrated and revealed to the whole world, I nearly broke the TV. Since then, that show and a whole bunch of those kind of shows have disappeared from the face of the earth as far as my family is concerned. Because it's, it's a torment. They're trying to normalize Sodom and Gomorrah. Don't let it get normalized. If the movies are trying to normalize it, step away. Because no, it's not going to be normalized. No, it's not going to be normalized. For it torments. I have a door and I will shut it. What was Lord's glory? He shut the door. He shut the door. He kept them out. He shut the door. Praise the Lord. That is a form of persecution. Yeah, if it's not persecuting you, seeing those things on screen and seeing those, uh, this kind of rubbish being um, driven down your throat and your children's throat, if it's not tormenting you, then man, that's a bad place to be. 
That is not the tranquility God is talking about. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We know this, uh, uh, even our, our, our striving, our desire to set ourselves to the spirit rather than the flesh, yes, it, it, is, um, it is recognized by heaven as a battle that we are engaged in daily. Yes, that's why Jesus told his disciples, uh, keep watching and praying that you do not come into temptation. Yes, praise the Lord. Those are things recognized by heaven. Whew. Those are recognized by heaven that, that you choose to watch and pray and that you, you choose to um, uh, put those, the, those guards against temptation is recognized by Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 27, the newer versions have a sort of sweeter way of putting this. <laughs> I'm sure it's that one that's come up most probably. Yes, I discipline my. Some of the KJV usage, yeah, cannot be exchanged. In, in KJV, it's I buffet. Of course, this was taken to some other extreme in the Catholic Church, but it's a strong activity against the works of the flesh. Praise God. Praise God. Make no provision. Romans chapter 13, verse 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lusts. Praise the Lord. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I'm going to close soon. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12 says, Indeed, we know the scripture. We, we share it often here. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be tormented, persecuted. And then that scripture that haunted me the first time I read it, I could not understand what's going on. What does this scripture mean? Is this, is this um, you know, I'm wondering what it was till all these other scriptures taught, uh, you know, the Spirit of God taught us through these other scriptures. We, don't, we didn't realize what Romans chapter 8 verse 36 says. For as it is written, Romans chapter 8 verse 36, for as it is written and forever remains written, for your sake we are being put to death, My dear disciple of Jesus, there is an all-day-long experience. Do not, do not, um, uh, don't resist that. That is, uh, you are not comfortable with the condition of this world. There's constant prayer rising out of you uh, with burden and with with a with uh, with with. Uh, Deep anguish it comes out of your prayer. I hope that is something you are doing daily, all day long. For those around you. For your sake we are being put to death all day long. That anguish that, that, um, that, that you, are a, you are persecuted by the condition around you that is ungodly. Let it rise up as prayer. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Praise God. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That's why Jesus said, Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of... 
I want to repeat that. I just mentioned something and we'll close. It says, blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Now, let me tell you something. See, we're going to spend a little while in prayer. And I want us to pray that we feel this anguish and burden. Because it will birth people into the kingdom. Praise God. Understand that. A person that is immersed in scripture and spends time with Christ senses this anguish. A person that holds righteousness dear, you will sense this anguish, this deep burden. And it must be every disciple's experience. You should be praying for orphans on the street. You should be praying for people in your office. You, it's coming out of the, this, this torment of unrighteousness. You understand. That's why it says, Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Theirs is the? They will, start, they will see the kingdom of heaven. People coming into the kingdom of heaven. For they walk around with this death. Yes. I'm so tempted to mention that scripture, but I'll keep that for next, next time we, we uh, look at this subject. It's incredible. You and me, that we have entrance into that scripture by experiencing this. So I want you to know that, uh, that, that if you are not sensing that anguish and burden, let us pray. Because if you hold righteousness dear to you, yes, if you hold righteousness dear to you, then that, that phenomenon will happen. You will be persecuted. All who desire to live godly will be persecuted. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hello, this is Nisha Dilakoshi. I'm sure this podcast has blessed you. Do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected. May God bless you.